Shalom to all. Today's office is Ramasaf Kov Gimel. We are starting six lines from the top of the third word on the line. And today's office sponsor, Lilu Nishmas, Mars Miriam, Sarah, Basav Yaakov, Misha, Hernish, Shama, Shadavan, Aliyah, and Lilu Nishmas, Mars Freda, Chaya, Bela, Basav Yitzchak, Tzvi, Hernish, Shama, Shadavan, Aliyah. Now, yesterday we concluded with a brass detailing a number of ways Chalitza may or may not be done. One of them was if she did Chalitza with the wood foot of an amputee, that's valid. The Gemara asks, Kavakitea money. The Brasa says that this Kavakitea doing Chalitza with his wooden foot of an amputee, that's valid. Who's the Brasa like? Rameir, he? It must be Rameir. Now we have Mishnah, Hakitea, Yetzabakav, Shalai, Div Rameir. Rameir says that on Shabbos, an amputee is allowed to go out with his wooden foot. It must be that it's considered like a shoe, because if not, it would be considered carrying. The Gemara says, if you're going to tell me the ratio of the Mishnah is Rameir, but the Seva the Mishnah tells us, that if Chalitza is done with a cloth on Pilia, such as a sack, that it's not valid. Asan Rabbanon, it seems to be that the Seva is the Rabbanon. So who's our Brisa like? Rameir the Rabbanon. Amrabai, he says, means the Seva Rabbanon, Rashi, not Rabbanon. From the fact that the Seva is Rabbanon, it must be the Rashi is Rabbanon also. And the Rashi, the reason why it's valid in the Rashi is Mimchofa Ar, we're talking about where it's covered with a piece of leather, so it's considered a shoe. Amrabai, Rava, Rava asked him, Avalei Mimchofa Ar, my puzzle? If the wooden foot was not covered with a piece of leather, what would the halacha be? It'd be puzzle. Yahachi, if that's really so, Adatani Seva, but Ampilia shall begged, instead of the Seva the Brisa telling us that it's not valid if it's done with an Ampilia of Begged, so Lifelik Bedido, we should just differentiate with the wooden leg itself. We should have just said, when is it that we're allowed to do chalitza with a wooden foot if it's covered with leather? But if it's not covered with leather, puzzle, then it's puzzle. So therefore, El Amarava, Rava gives a different explanation who the brass is like. From the fact that the ratio is Rameir, the Seifa is also Rameir. So what's the difference between the ratio and the Seifa? Why is it that a wooden leg is considered chalitza, but a cloth sack is not considered chalitza? The answer is, the wooden leg protects his foot like a shoe does, whereas a cloth sack doesn't protect his foot, and therefore, we cannot do chalitza with a cloth sack. Amar Meimer, he tells us, Someone who does chalitza, he has to press his foot into the ground so it's very clear that she's the one that's taking the shoe off his foot and not that when he picks his foot off the ground the shoe's falling off on its own. You have a brisa that says whether he's standing, sitting, or leaning. And if he's leaning, we're assuming that his foot is not pressed into the ground. So Gemara says, the way we should read the brisa is that whichever position he's in, his foot has to be pressed into the ground. And another member from him, a person who walks on the top part of his foot, he's not to be involved in chalitza. His foot is clearly deformed so badly that he walks on the top of his foot, not the heel or the toe, but the top part which is arched, and that's not considered a foot that we're able to do chalitza to. Now, Amrlai Ravashi Lameimar, Ravashi asked Lameimar, Vatanya, our brother said, Smuchat Saraglaim, that we could do chalitza with the leather coverings on the foot of a cripple. Lav the chalitza ba'iyu, are we not talking about doing chalitza to the cripple himself, and she takes this leather covering off of his foot? So, Gemara says, Lai, that's not what we're talking about. This cripple gives his leather covering to another person, that other person puts it on his foot, and it's still considered a shoe. Now, Amr Ravashi, Ravashi says, That which Amr said, that if a person has a deformed foot, we're not able to do chalitza to him. Lav bar uva chalitz, lav bar kipav chalitz, bar uva and bar kipav cannot do chalitza. These are two people that caused Rav Ashi terrible anguish and sar. Because of that, their feet became deformed. So he's saying they're not able to do chalitza because they're not considered proper feet for doing chalitza. Now we said in the Mishnah, if his foot was amputated from the knee and down, so a shoe on the leg, we're able to do chalitza with it. Now the Pasuk of chalitza tells us, and usually regel means foot. So by allowing chalitza, even if the shoe is on the leg, it must be that regel can also be referring to the leg. The Gemara asks for a minute, asks you a stira. The Pasuk tells us, regalim, shalish regalim bashana, three times during the year, we go up to the Besamekdash to be Eilah regel. Now besides for the word regalim, meaning times, we also learn as lashon of regel as foot. So what do we learn from here? Prat labale kabin, this excludes someone who's an amputee, they do not have a chiv to be Eilah regel. So we see that regel is not considered leg, and it has to be foot. So the Gemara says, no, shani hacha, over here in chalitza is different, because the Pasuk says, may al ragloi, from on top of his foot, which means a chalitza can be done with either a shoe on the foot or even a shoe on something which is above the foot, namely his leg. The Gemara asks, if that's really so, even if the shoe is above
above his knee, meaning it's on his amputated thigh, that should also be valid. The Gemara says, no, me'al, v'loi me'al de me'al. We're only allowed to do chalitza with a shoe which is on something above the foot, namely the leg, but not on something which is above, above the foot, namely the thigh. And our puppy tells us, Shema we learn from here, highest devira, a person's ankle, ad aranachis, it goes all the way to the floor, meaning it's considered to be completely fused with the foot. The foot and the ankle is really one entity. If you want to say it's two separate things, that the ankle is just a joint in between the foot and the leg, then that means that the ankle is considered above the foot, and a person's leg is something which is above that which is above the foot, and therefore we should not be allowed to do chalitza if there's a shoe on the leg. So Amravashi says no. You could really say the ankle is a separate entity from the foot, it's its own joint. Nonetheless, it's not considered me'al ragloi, and why is that? Because anything which is on the same level as his foot is considered to be just like his foot. Therefore, me'al ragloi is his leg and not his ankle. And Meshach said, if his foot was amputated above the knee, so then we're not able to do chalitza on it. And we learn from there that from the fact that chalitza isn't valid with a shoe on the stump of a thigh, it must mean that a thigh is not called regel. The Gemara now brings a number of questions trying to prove that thigh is called regel. Masar of Kahano, the Pasuk tells us, and the afterbirth that comes out from between her legs. Over here, raglea is referring to her thighs because the afterbirth comes out from between her thighs. We see that her thigh is considered a regel. So Rabbi says, no, when a woman crouches to give birth, she presses her heels against her thighs and she gives birth and that means the baby's also coming out from between her feet. The Gemara Dave is asking Tashma the Pasuk tells us he didn't do his legs or his mustache. Now this refers to Mephi Baishas and how he refrained from grooming himself when David was on the run. Not doing his legs is referring to not trimming his pubic hair which means that regel and thigh is the same thing. The Gemara says no. This is just using a proper lush and a proper way of speaking is just a euphemism but it doesn't really mean that regel and thigh is the same thing. The Gemara has another question Tashma we have a Pasuk that tells us Shaul came to cover his feet, and that's talking about urinating. So we see that the thighs are considered regel. The Gemara says, no, Lishna Once again, that's just the proper way of speaking. It's just a euphemism. Tashma, another attempted raya. The Pasuk tells us, Behold, he is covering his legs. In the cold room. And this is also referring to urinating. Once again, the Gemara answers, Lishna This is just the proper way of speaking. The Gemara has another question. The Pasuk tells us, This refers to when Yael invited sister into her tent as he was running away in battle. In order to tire him out, they had relations, and we're using this Lushna of Bain Ragleha to be talking about the thighs. So once again, the Gemara says, Lishnama Alia, we're just using a proper Lashon over here. And now talking about the story of Ya'el and Sisra. Amr Abiyachin, he says, Sheva Ba'ilai's Baal Oyser Rasha Ba'ilai's That Rasha Sisra, he was Baal Ya'el seven times on that day. Shana'am, because the Pasuk says, Bain Ragleha, between her legs, Kara, he bent, Nafal, he fell, Shachav, he lay, Bain Ragleha, Kara, Nafal, between her legs, he bent, he fell. Bashar Kara, where he bent, Sham Nafal, that's where he fell, Shadud without life. We have seven Lashonas of bending, falling, and laying, so we see that there are seven Bias. The Gemara asks, hold on one second, how is it that we're able to praise Yael for what she did? She had Anna from this Avera. We can't praise her for such a thing. He answers, Any good coming from a Russia or being given by a Russia, that's considered bad by Tzadikim. Tzadikim don't want that. So it's not considered benefit. It's not considered Hana. Because the Pasuk says, Hashem told Lavan when he was chasing after Yaakov, Be careful, don't speak to Yaakov, either good or bad. So we understand not to speak bad to Yaakov. Why shouldn't Lavan speak? Something good to Yaakov. Must we learn from here? Even something good coming from a Russia is considered something bad by a tzaddik. The Gemara continues asking though. We understand over there the conversation between Lavan and Yaakov. The reason why not to speak even something good to Yaakov is because we might mention the name of his idols, and we know that he did. He said, "Why did you steal my gods?" But over here, when we're talking about Yael and Sisra, my raw ikka. What type of bad could have been there? We're talking about a spiritual bad or some sort of bad that has to do with an avera. 
Gemara, what type of bad was there? The Gemara answers, because he put Zuama inside her. Now, Zuama is a form of spiritual impurity. Sisra put this spiritual impurity inside Yael, and that's bad. At the time of the Chet of the Itzadas, when the Nachash was with Chava, he put this Zuama, this spiritual impurity inside her, and that now spread to the entire world. When Klai Yisrael stood by Harsinai, that Zuama left them. But non-Jews, they weren't by Harsinai. Their Zuama didn't leave, and Sisra was a non-Jew, so that means that he was able to put this Zuama inside Yael, so that it is considered something bad coming from him. And the Meshach said, If she did Chalitza with a shoe that wasn't his, it's still valid. The Gemara tells us, we have a Brisa. The Pasuk says, Not alay his shoe, only alay. I only know that she has to remove his shoe from his foot. Now she'll call Adami 9. How do I know that if it's not his shoe, but it's someone else's shoe, that if he's wearing it, it's still a valid Chalitza? Tamalayim, the Pasuk says, Na'al, na'al mi kalmakim, any sort of shoe, even if it's not his. The Gemara asks, Imkain ma tamalayim na'alay. So as the Pasuk tells, na'alay his shoe. So it must mean, na'alay haroylay, it has to be a shoe that's fitting for him. Prat l'gadol she'en yachalalaychbay, that excludes a shoe which is way too large for his foot that he can't even walk in it. Or prat l'gadol she'en yachalayfi rayvraglay, that excludes a shoe that doesn't even cover the majority of his foot. That type of shoe is not valid for chalitza. Or prat l'sandal ha'msulayim, and it also excludes a sandal which is broken, she'en lay ekev, it doesn't have a heel, it doesn't have a bottom, that's also a shoe that's not valid for chalitza. Now, Abai Havakai Kamei Dar Yasef. Abai was in front of Rav Yasef. I saw Yivama Lachlet. Yivama came in front of him to do chalitza. Amar Lei, so Rav Yasef told Abai, Havlei Sandalach, go give him your sandal. So Yavlei Sandalach, the smaller Abai gave the Yavam his left shoe. So Amar Lei, Rav Yasef told Abai, Emad Amar Abanon the Yavid. Lechatchila mi Amar. Let's say that Abanon our Mishnah only allowed to use a left shoe, but the Yavid. But Lechatchila, why are you giving him your left shoe? Amar Lei Abai responded, Yachiv, that's really so. If that's really way to learn the Mishnah, so sandal she'en shaloi nami. When we're dealing with a shoe that's not his, Emad Amar Abanon the Yavid. Lechatchila mi Amar. So Abanon only said you could use a shoe that's not yours, but the Yavid. But Lechatchila, you shouldn't be using a shoe that's not yours. So why are you telling me to give him my shoe? It's not his shoe. Amar Lei, Rav Yisrael responded to Abai, this is what I'm telling you to do. Have leiv, akni leiv. Give him your shoe and be makni it to him for the time being so it's considered to be his shoe. And the Mishnah had said, sandal shal eitz, that we could use a wooden shoe for chalitza. The Gemara asked, man tana, who is the tana of our Mishnah? Amar Shmuel, Rav Meir, he must be its Rav Meir. Did not we have a Mishnah? Hakitea yotze b'kav shaloi, div Rav Meir. Rav Meir allows an amputee to go out with his wooden foot on Shabbos and must be its considered a shoe. Rav Yisrael, Yisrael, Rav Yisrael, Yisrael, our Mishnah must be Rav Meir. Now, Avud Shmuel, Aymer Avud Shmuel says, is talking about a wooden shoe which is covered with a piece of leather, and that's according to everyone. Even though a wooden shoe would not be okay if it's covered with leather, so then it's considered a leather shoe. Now we're going to continue talking about chalitza, but we're going to be getting into a discussion regarding tsaras. Now we know that tsaras can affect a person, clothing, or even a house. Now there's varying signs and criteria of what makes a nega tsaras tummy or not. And here are two potential stages when determining if a nega is tummy or tahar. Number one is hezger. The kind comes to take a look at the nega. If it's unclear what its status is, then it gets closed off, locked up, quarantined, musker for a week. And at the end of that week, the kohen comes back for second look. The second stage is called hechlet. When the nega is determined to be most definitely tamay, then if it's on an article of clothing, the entire baggage has to be burned. If it's on a house, it needs to be completely demolished. And both musgur and mukhlet are tamay to some extent. Mukhlet more tamay than musgur. Now, a very important concept to know here is ketuse michtas shire. The shear or size of this thing is viewed as crushed and crumbled to nothing. What this means is that when something must be burned, for example, an article of clothing with saras on it, we view it as if it's already burned and therefore, it's as if it doesn't exist to some extent. A good example of this is a lulav that comes from an Irani Dachas, a city whose inhabitants served Avadizara. Everyone in that city that served Avadizara has to be killed, and everything in the city has to be burned. A lulav from the city can't be used on Sukkot because it's viewed as if it's burnt already, and therefore it isn't proper shear. A lulav needs to be. A similar concept to this is kolo oimili sarif kasarif dami. Anything which needs to be burned is like it's burned already. So now, armed with that knowledge of the Gemara tells us, Amrav Papi Mishmei de Rava, Papi says the name of Rava, sandal ha-musgur loy A sandal that was only musgur. It's 
is lower level, we're not allowed to do chalitza with it. That's only the Rabbanon, though. However, if she did chalitza with it, it's still kosher. Sandal mukhlet, however, a sandal which is mukhlet, which means it needs to be burned, loy takhlitz, but we're not allowed to do chalitza with it. Vimchalta chalitza subsula, and if chalitza was done with it, that's not a valid chalitza. That's because we say ketuse mechtas shiri. It's like we don't have a sandal here. It's supposed to be burned, so it's viewed as burned ready. Now, if Papa Meshmed the Rav Amar, if Papa in the name of Rava says, Echot sandal moskar, Echot sandal mukhlet, loy takhlitz, by no doing chalitza with a sandal moskar or mukhlet, vimchalta chalitza sakshera. However, if chalitza was done, even with a sandal mukhlet, chalitza is kosher. Now, the Gemara says, Meisvei, we're going to ask a question on Rav Papi. Buy us a muskar, a house which is muskar, it's his lower level, metami mitoichai, it's only metami from the inside. If a person sticks their hand inside the house and touches the inside of the house, they're going to be tame. But muchlot, if this house is muchlot, mitoichai umeachairav, even if he touches the outside of the house, he's going to be tame. Vizavazem, metami bia, and both of these houses, if a person walks into the house but doesn't even touch the walls, he's going to be tame. Now, here's a question of Papi. Visagadatech kedemechtas dami. If you're going to tell me that something with saras, which is muchlot, is considered like it's completely destroyed already, so then why should a person be tame when he touches a house which is muchlot? We need to fulfill the pasuk that says el and he's going to come into the house and then he's going to be tame. Means either he goes into the house or he touches the house, then he'll be tame. But Valeka, this house is not here. Meaning, according to our puppy, we're viewing this house as if it's not here because it has to be demolished. So why would the person be tame? So Mor says that's not a question. Shani Hasim, that case is different. The Amarkar, the pasuk tells us that the house must be demolished. Even though we have to be demolishing it, we're still calling it a house. So that case of Tsaras with a house is different. The Gemara continues asking on our puppy, Tashma, of another tempted Raya. The Brasa tells us, Matlas sheish by shal shalish, a piece of cloth that's three by three, and this is the minimum size piece of cloth that can become tame because it can be used by a poor person as a patch. Afalpish aim by kazayas, even though it itself is not the size of a kazayas, let's say the threads are very thin, so therefore it's not the size of a kazayas, and this cloth has saras on it. Kimishanichnas rubalabayas tahar, once the majority of this piece of cloth goes into a house which is tahar, timasu, it is metame everything in the house. And now that's because a kli with saras transfers toma to all kalim under the same roof. Now here we analyze the brisa. My love, muchletes. Aren't we talking about a cloth which is muchlet? And still we see that it's able to transmit tumah. It must be that we don't view it as if it's not here. So Gemara says, "Loy musgaris." We're talking about a cloth which is musker, and therefore it's a lower level of tumah. The Gemara asks, "If that's really so, ema seifa." What does the end of the brisa say? Hayubakamazesim. Let's say this piece of cloth has many kazesim in it. It's a very large piece of cloth. Once a kazayis sized piece of this cloth goes into a tar house, tumasu, and now is matame everything inside the house. Now iyan rebbeshleima muchletes. If you want to say that we're talking about a cloth that has saras on it, and that saras is muchlet hanu de iskash mace, that's when we compare this piece of cloth to a mace. And how do we know that we're comparing it to a mace? Because we say that the shear of transmitting toma is a kezayis, just like a kezayis of mace transmits toma. And the reason why we're going to compare it to a mace is because saras is compared to a mace. Eli Amrit But if you want to say this piece of cloth has saras on it, but that saras is only musker, amai iskash mace, why are we comparing it to a mace? So Gemara says, no, once again, that's not a question. Shani Hasim, that case is different. Because the Pasuk says, Visaraf es habeged, and he shall burn the beged. I feel kari beged. Even at the time that it's being burned, it's still being called a beged. So that's also different. The Gemara asks if that's really so. So let's learn from it to chalitza. And we should say the same way this piece of cloth is able to transmit toma, so we should be allowed to use this shoe that has saras on it for chalitza. The Gemara says, no, iser mi toma like amrinon. We can't learn iser from toma. Now Amrava, he tells us, hilchasa, the halacha is, echad sandal mosger echad sandal shmochlet. Whether we're talking about a sandal mosger or mochlet, echad sandal shal avodis kachavim, or if we're talking about a sandal of avodis kachavim, which means as they were transporting this idol, they put this shoe on the idol's foot. Loi tachlitz, we're not allowed to do chalitza with this. Vim chalitza, however, if she did do chalitza with it, chalitza sakshera, the chalitza is kosher, bidiyavid. However, shelta krevis avodis kachavim, if this shoe was used in the service of idol worship, meaning they gave it to the idol as a present, so it was part of the worship of the idol, or it's a sandal that came from an irani dachas, or if it's a shoe of an old. 
old person that's made for his honor. What does that mean? It's made for his honor. It's made for after he dies to put this shoe on him, to honor him, to bury him with it. It's like a shoe of tachrichin. Loi tachlitz, no doing chalitza with such a shoe. Vim chalitza, and chalitza was done with a shoe. Chalitza sapsul, the chalitza is puzzle. Now, Amalei Ravina Ravashi, Ravina asked Ravashi, Mashna zakan asil chvaydai, the lovely lucha avid. What's the difference between the shoe that's meant for an old person for his covet, meaning his tachrichin for after he dies, since that shoe is not meant for walking in, it's meant for being buried in, so it's not considered like a shoe. But the beidina nami lovely lucha avid, the shoe that's used in bezdin for chalitza, that's also not meant for walking in. Bezdin has a special chalitza shoe that they only use for chalitza. They don't use it for walking. So why is it that we're allowed to use it for chalitza? It's not meant for walking. So Amalei Ravashi responds to Ravina, Ilu meski be shlucha de beidina. If one of the shlucha of bezdin decided to put this shoe on and walk with it, mi kapet alei dayana, would the dayana be makbed with him? Would they be upset with him? Obviously not. They wouldn't mind him walking in this shoe. It's not that we're not allowed to walk in the shoe of bezdin. It's not that we're not allowed to use this shoe. It's just that it's usually never used for walking. But if a person wanted to use it for walking, of course they could. As opposed to the shoe of the zakin ha'asil lechvaydai, that's not meant for walking at all, and we're not allowed to walk in it. It's only meant for tachrichin, and therefore we have a difference between these two types of shoes. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a new Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.